the World Trade Center program is um, uh, probably saved my life. 14 of our friends, Eddie's uh, and our friends, died that day. Uh, I got, I, we're 20 years later, you know, uh, with Dr. Moline and Dr. Wilson and the entire team. Uh, they've got me hooked up with tests, with surgeons, and it's um, a lifesaver. Welcome to 20 Minute Health Talk. I'm your host, Rob Hoyle, and today we're reflecting on the 20 year anniversary of 9 11. And our special guests today are Eddie Reyes. He's the program manager at Northwell Health's Emergency Management Center. Uh, we have Scott Strauss. He's the vice president of Northwell Health Corporate Security. And we have Dr. Jackie Moline. She's the senior vice president of occupational medicine, epidemiology, and prevention at Northwell Health. She's also the director of Northwell's Queens World Trade Center Health Program. Welcome, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us on this special uh, podcast. Uh, Scott and Eddie, you guys were down on the pile. Um, what's it like now for you 20 years later? And just tell us what your role was when you were down there. And uh, I was a police officer at New York City Police Department assigned to the emergency service unit, uh, Truck 1 in Lower Manhattan. Uh, I got down there just after the second tower collapsed. And uh, I can't believe it's been 20 years. It feels like yesterday. Yeah. And Eddie, what was your role? I was also a police officer assigned to emergency service truck A for NYPD. And um, um, we got there again. Uh, I got there a little after Scott, obviously. Um, he's in the area that covers the World Trade Center. So, um, you know, we always... <laughs> job like this, everybody from the, from the, all five boroughs came to help. So we just came right over the Brooklyn Bridge um, as gingerly as we could without with the mass of exodus out of Lower Manhattan. And um, you know, we started working right away. And we didn't stop for, figuratively, for nine months. <laughs> Dr. Moline, they said that the air was safe down at Ground Zero and some of these, you know, first responders and, and civilians and iron workers, they spent months down there breathing in that toxic air. Um, just tell us a little bit about what's happening at the, the World Trade Center program in Queens and what you're seeing and what you're doing. Um, well, the air wasn't safe to breathe. And that was a political statement that um, was a colossal mistake. Um, in terms of what we're doing at the Queens World Trade Center, we are part of the programs covered by the Zadroga Act, meaning that we are able to provide comprehensive medical services for World Trade Center conditions for anyone who is affected as a responder. Um, there are other programs for folks who are in the fire department. And then also um, there's a program for folks who lived or worked in the area or reoccupied buildings uh, in lower Manhattan that get uh, benefits as well. So our goal is to make sure that care is seamless and make sure we diagnose any World Trade Center health problems and get people into the best care they can get. Yeah. And um, when you're monitoring these um, these people who are down there, uh, how important is it for them to keep coming and to, you know, for them to stay on top of their care? Well, it's it's really essential. And, you know, over the years, I've worked to try to get some people who didn't necessarily come in right away to uh, get into the program. Um and because even if they were feeling okay after 10 or 12 years, maybe at year 14, they didn't start feeling so well, but to know they'd already been monitored in the program, we could see that there was a change in their health. But more importantly, the reason it's um, critical for people to come back, even if they 
are in the group that doesn't have a lot of symptoms is because we're always finding out new things. And we're on the cutting edge of being able to understand what the health effects are related to the World Trade Center so that we can get people into earlier treatment. In fact, a paper just came out that showed that folks in the World Trade Center program um, and all the World Trade Center programs um, who have developed cancers have a lower mortality than folks who aren't in the program. So it shows the program works. It shows the program, we know the program helps people get the care they need without worrying about out-of-pocket expenses. But this also shows the program has saved lives, improved longevity, and it's something that we're really proud of. Scott, you were portrayed in the movie World Trade Center, directed by Oliver Stone, which recounts your heroic efforts to rescue an NYPD officer trapped underneath the rubble. It was such an unbelievable situation to be in. And all these years later, what has this World Trade Center health program meant to you? The World Trade Center program is um, uh, probably saved my life. You know, uh, with Dr. Moline, Dr. Wilson, and the entire team, uh, they've got me hooked up with tests, with surgeons, and they're like, I was on the phone with Dr. Wilson's team yesterday for over an hour. Um, it's it's very important, and it's um, a lifesaver, uh, literally a lifesaver. Yeah, I, I consider you an American hero, and looking at you, I wouldn't think there's anything, you know, wrong with you. But you you are suffering from some effects of of being on that pile. Yeah, uh, thanks. My um, my high blood pressure gives me a nice collar. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, listen, I'm on the right side of the grass. Uh, thanks, I'm in part to, to Dr. Moline's team, and. Uh, uh, I'm okay with what I have. You know, um, some of my friends, uh, 14 of our friends, Eddie uh, and our friends died that day. Uh, I got, I, we're 20 years later. I got to see my kids grow up. Um, I'm going to hopefully see them get married in a couple of years. Um, a lot of my friends didn't have that opportunity. So I have nothing, although I do have some issues uh, and I'm on some, a lot of medications and things and I do have breathing issues, but at the end of the day, um, I've been here, and hopefully we'll continue to be here. Eddie, what has the program meant for you? Well, I, I echo uh, Scott's sentiments, and uh, uh, Dr. Molina, thank you again and your staff uh, for what you've done to me. And uh, I've had a couple admissions into the ED for my um, upper respiratory concerns. And uh, uh, again, I think, I, I don't think, I know I know, Dr. Molina, um, that uh, the program has helped me. Um, and, and again, I echo Scott's sentiments that um, although Scott and I, again, just two of many, many guys who are still alive going through the 9-11 effects, I think that um, we are very, very fortunate um, that we have the time to talk about this and talk to you, Rob, and Dr. Molina and the rest of the people listening um, where other people don't have that luxury. And, uh, you know, it, it, you got to put it in perspective. You really do. Um, and I could have, you know, a real bad day. Scott can have a real bad day, you know. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because uh, we're here talking to you. And, uh, and, yeah, we saw my two kids, just like Scott, grow up too. So uh, we had a luxury, and, uh, and we're very fortunate. And I think the 9-11 uh, medical, medical um, group um, was, was an integral part of that. Uh, and I want to say that publicly. Uh, and Dr. Molina, again, thank you. 
And Dr. Merlene, you're not just seeing um, first responders. There were a lot of civilians that spent months on that pile. Um, tell us what, what, what they're eligible for, too, and, and why it's important for civilians to be involved in the, in the program. So, you know, when we started the programs, and I, I was part of the group that uh, started the programs way back when in 2001, 2002, we knew it wasn't just confined to the traditional first responders. But, you know, the, every construction site in New York stopped on September 11th, and, and thousands of construction workers went down to lend their skill to uh, do what they could. So we've got a lot of construction workers, and then there were volunteers um, and then there were folks um, like uh, cameramen and, and reporters who were down there who were suffering the after effects. So the program is open to anyone who worked um, the responder program, which is the one that that Scott and Eddie are a part of, um, is handles folks who worked or volunteered at the site. And it doesn't matter whether you were uniformed or civilian um, and you get the same care and you get the same benefits. Um, and, and I think it's. It's it's critical, and, and it also for people who volunteered. It's open for volunteers as well. Um, people should make sure that they know about the programs. Hopefully, after 20 years, most people have heard about it. But surprisingly, there are a number of folks. I was speaking to someone yesterday who was like, oh, yeah, I was down there, and, and my husband also, and we're not a part of any program yet. And I'm like, come on now, um, join. And and. Um, Scott will know I'm pretty persuasive in getting people into the program, um, and um, but but it's there for them, and and you know thankfully we do see folks that were there and don't have symptoms, but um, we want to make sure they stay healthy and and we can provide some of that uh, preventive care as well. Yeah, and it seems like that's one of the the issues with this is that that people develop things much later, so people who feel fine today may find something wrong down the road. And I guess it's important for them, even if they don't have symptoms, to be enrolled in this program. No, that, that's a good point because, you know, we started the program and we didn't expect everyone to be symptomatic. And about 50% of people had no symptoms, but they stayed with the program. And then some of them, thankfully, have stayed healthy, but some people have developed, sometimes it's minor issues and sometimes it's it's more um, major health problems, but we get them into the care earlier. So, and, and the other thing that the World Trade Center programs, um, what we focus on are emerging diseases that we might see in, uh, or conditions that maybe you see 10 years earlier in the group of World Trade Center folks than you would in a general population, but we're going to be keyed in to making sure that we look for that. So it's really um, important for folks if they're eligible to come in. Yeah. I would assume, Scott and Eddie, that, you know, you probably promote this. You work for Northwell and, you know, you have a lot of friends still. And I, and I would assume some of your friends can try to be tough and say, hey, I don't I'm, I feel fine. What do you tell them? Uh, get checked out, uh, whether it's uh, Northwell's program or another program. Uh, get checked out. It's well worth it. Um, and Dr. Molina is right. She is very persuasive. Thank you, Doc, <laughs> in getting people into the program because uh, I was one of those guys. You know, I'm okay. You know, just, you know, and then, you know, through my friendship with Dr. Moline, she's like, he's, you know, she very persuasively <laughs> got me over there. And, um, 
and I encourage anybody, as, as Dr. Moline said, um, just not first responders. If you lived, worked, volunteered down there, and there were plenty of volunteers, you know, the construction workers, the iron workers, everybody should, at, at the very least, go down and get checked out, even if you don't have symptoms. It's just you got to protect yourself. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, after that day, I think that everybody wanted to help and do the thing. And, and you had mentioned that there was the restaurant workers, windows of the world, right? A lot of people were lost. Um, they came down. They wanted to be part of the effort. They helped. Um, yeah, there, there were restaurant workers from all across uh, New York uh, and Jersey who were bringing in food. You know, and uh, to the rescuers, to us, and they were there handing out sandwiches, and you're eating right there in the middle of everything. You know, so the dust was getting onto the food, and <laughs> and we were breathing it in, as well as the, those volunteers were breathing it in. And it's just not for rescuers; it's everybody that was down there. Yeah, and that's Eddie, correct, Eddie. What 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 do you what what are some of the things that you know being in the program where you you think that helped you or is helping you now? Well, I. There, there were some guys again who, who didn't feel the need or the importance of this program, and and like Scott, um, uh, you know, we also offered the uh, the opportunity to go, and there and th- there was some, there were a couple guys that that I know personally that uh, eventually did go and get checked out, and to this day, there's still people who I'm still kind of trying to encourage to go um, because the program, um, as we mentioned earlier, will help you. And if, and at the very least, if it's not for you directly, then uh, do it for your family. You know, um, I think you, I think they owe them to the, to their families too, to get checked out, to make sure that they're, they're okay. Um, But (laughs) there's a lot of guys out there. And I mean that with terms of endearment is ladies and gentlemen, Um, there's both. um, They are, they're very hard headed and, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay, and then um, they find out later that they have some type of illness. That, you know, the doctor groups are, are or the scientists are finding out there's a correlation between the exposure and the uh, the symptoms they're exhibiting now. So uh, I highly, highly recommend uh, going through this program. Yeah, Dr. Mullen, can you talk about some of the lessons learned in in the program and what you've seen and what you've learned and and how you're able to better treat people? I think the greatest lesson we've learned is humility. And um, and and I say that not just because we're dealing with folks who are so selfless and um, the sacrifices that people made um, four months after 9-11, but I also say that in terms of um, it's taught us all to have a far more open mind for what can happen over time. And and that what paradigms of, of medical, yes, this happens, but this only happens within the first two years have been thrown out the window. So I think it's allowed us over time to say anything is possible and let's find the connection and see if there is a connection and see if the rates are, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it takes studies a while to, to find these answers, but um, it's worth sometimes going on hunches. You know. I, in uh, about 2007, saw a couple of, they actually were all law enforcement, but that was just, uh, I think, absolutely coincidental. Um, We ended up seeing a number of young guys who had multiple myeloma and put out a thought paper, which was a key series saying, you know, people who are younger were getting multiple myeloma, which is a blood cancer that usually occurs in, in folks who are around, who are in their 70s. And these were people in their late 30s, early 40s. 
And it said, hey, we better be on the lookout for this. And then the studies have borne that out over time. So, you know, it's focused our attention on being alert for little signals um, in the in the information or saying something doesn't feel right. This isn't this shouldn't be happening in this age group. And then and then as part of a network, because we do have other clinical partners that have been a part of this um, from the from the onset, you know, we all say, hey, are you seeing this? Are you seeing that? And and what do we need to be on the lookout for going forward? So I think, you know, we've learned that um, we need to be in some ways very impatient, meaning if you see something that just is a little off, make sure you follow it up, but also very patient in the sense that we we need to continue to follow to look for signals so that we can detect new diseases that might be occurring. I mean, now there it looks like there might be an increased risk of uh, a study came out of fatty liver, which is when there's abnormal uh, deposition of, of fat within the liver, the rates appear to be higher from the World Trade Center exposures. That really hasn't been described um, before. We know that things like sarcoidosis, which is a disease that can affect the lungs and other parts of the body, is now associated with dust diseases. So those are things that we've we've learned, but we're on the lookout for. Are we going to see more heart disease? And are we going to see it at an earlier rate? I mean, heart disease is, is, is up there with cancers as being more common as people age. But are we going to see like a 10-year frame shift? Are we going to see people getting all these diseases much sooner than they would have and be on the lookout for that. You know, we usually don't talk about uh, when every 9-11, my, I get together with the guys that uh, I was working with that day down in, uh, in Lower Manhattan. We don't go down to the Trade Center. We go to the building where we worked and we do catch up on uh, people we haven't seen in a while and find out. <laughs> we talk like we're 80 year old people, you know, like, oh, did you know so-and-so is not doing well? And, you know, but, but um, sadly, we're in our late 40s and 50s, you know, um, and these are conversations, like I said, you know, 80, 90 year olds usually have, you know, and uh, so we, we we don't say to each other, oh, I found this wrong with me. I found that wrong with him. But, um, you know, and they caught this early. It's just uh, we all know the situation we're all in and we all understand what the consequences um, will most likely be. Um, we're just supporting each other. Jackie, tell us a little bit about how long Northwell's had this program and why it was so important for you to get involved in it. So I had been running the um, World Trade Center program at Mount Sinai um, prior to coming over to Northwell in 2010. And that was during the the time period where Zadroga was getting passed. And it just seemed like we needed to get back involved. And quite frankly, I'd been doing that work for nine years. And, and I, I was realized that it was, I, I missed um, being part of the program. So was able to stand up the Queens program. Um, initially we worked with the existing Queens college program, um, but then it became a fully Northwell program as the program changed and you really needed to be part of a health system. But we had a great partnership with Queens college at the beginning. Um, and then continue that. And, and that's how it, it started. And, and, and actually, you know, one of the requirements for those in Zadroga was you had to be, in order to lead a program, you had to have led a program um, or be a leader because they wanted people with experience. And so 
I was one of the few people who fit that role that could have led the program. And it's it's really something that I'm happy we were able to bring to Northwell just because we've been able to impact the lives of so many people. Um, many of our, our employees are, are in the program, um, but folks that find it convenient to come to Queens were able to provide a really great program for them. That concludes part one of our conversation with Eddie Reyes, Scott Strauss, and Dr. Moline. You could listen to part two, which is currently available. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Stay safe. Get more expert insight from some of the leading voices in healthcare today. Subscribe to 20 Minute Health Talk on Podbean, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts.